This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in to another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, talking District 5 and 6 activities week in, week out in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, and this guy is Sean Kane, our East Idaho expert. What's up, Sean? Hey, uh, you know. Just fresh off the tennis courts as always we've had some nice weather so it's been it's been great uh getting a lot of competition in here late so um you know we were just talking about that it's kind of crazy to think next week is districts yeah <laughs> or, and, and as we'll see some have already started but for most sports uh a lot of it's going to start next week and it comes up fast in the spring it's kind of like are we playing are we playing oh it's districts <laughs> yeah, open state oh join schools together oh take some finals oh have a good summer <laughs> yes because century and highland of course are both using century school building after uh highland had a fire breakout in their school and we talked about that on last week's edition of the prep cast which you can go back and listen to a number of different ways uh you can watch this uh podcast every week on the idahosports.com youtube channel and if you're watching there hit the subscribe button uh, it's that little bell icon and that basically will allow you to um be notified anytime we upload a new podcast um i know a lot of people are interested not just in what's going on in east idaho but what's going on statewide we have podcasts all over the state covering all the regions and they're all on our youtube channel you can also listen to this podcast at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, et cetera. So uh, I don't know what's going on with my camera. I, I have all the lights on here in my office and it's still kind of like dark. It's like dark and gray, but it, I assure you I'm not sitting in the dark. So. I also like the, uh, I don't know, you can sign up for the, like the newsletter from Idaho Sports. So you get an email that lists all the new content. I think that's a that's a kind of a secret uh, great thing on idosports.com is to get that newsletter because then they just it just emails you it lists all the stories and kind of a quick hit thing um, that that's key that's money that's that's how I appear to be the expert sometimes yeah a <laughs> uh, little little secret of the pros there our, our newsletter yes we just sent one out t- today uh, with all of the great baseball softball track and field stuff we've got going on let's start the conversation with track and field tonight and then we'll get into the district brackets for softball and baseball a lot of big track and field stories tiger grizz was last week sean this is kind of the big event in east idaho every year all the major 5a and 4a squads are there and there were some headline performances yeah you you know you have teams obviously from all over east idaho um you had logan was there um you know, and you have Owyhee was there from the Boise area, Marsh Valley, um, you know, just teams from all all over. And there were some big time performances. And the kind of the one that stuck out to me was Matea Magnum. Um, she won the 100 meter, the 200 meter and the high jump um, and was the MVP for the women's um, uh, track events. And yeah, and, and, and as far as I know, and you know, I'm not, I can't hundred percent say this, but kind of in that hundred meter race, kind of her arch nemesis has been another phenomenal Southeast Idaho runner, Claire Peterson of Skyline and Matea Beater for the first time that I'm aware of, um, up at Tiger Grizz. So, you know, congratulations to her and winning three events and getting that MVP award and, um, just a number of great, uh, 
um, um, racers. I mean, just think of this hundred meters final. It's number one, Magnum, number two, Claire Peterson, and number three. Oh yeah. Remember Abby Hancock from Rigby? She likes to win events too. So, I mean, that race alone was the price of admission. I think when I, when I look at that, it was just some heavy hitters in that race. Yeah. Uh, Marlo Herford wrote a nice recap of that in the, in the post register, the Idaho falls newspaper up there. And, uh, you want to know why she's the best track and field writer in the state. Uh, it's, it's because of articles like this, the way she wrote it, you know, is from the perspective of Claire Peterson and, and, you know, the article starts about, you know, in the 200 Claire Peterson crosses the finish line and, and, you know, falls to the ground. She was so out of breath and you're like, wow, this must've been a big win. And, and it's like, no, she actually took second to Matea Mangum, which puts it into context, right? If the, if if Claire Peterson, the premier sprinter, uh, or one of the premier sprinters, was was that spent and didn't win, then it must have been a really gold standard performance from Matea Mangum of Century. So yeah, just just outstanding, and um, I'm I'm sure we'll see those two l- later on <laughs> um, battling up at the state competition, and that will just be a phenomenal race there. Yep, for sure. Well, speaking of 4A track and field news this week at Blackfoot High School, very exciting college signing. Whitney Christensen, great distance runner for the Blackfoot girls, uh, signed to compete in cross country and track and field at Utah Tech, which is a Division I school, formerly Dixie State, but it's down there in St. George, Utah. Not a bad place to go run. Uh, you, you know, you've got some nice weather, some nice uh um, nice um hiking, hiking, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, you're you know a little low altitude there, maybe you know a little better breath in there, but that that's very nice. Um, and congratulations there. And you kind of see uh, Utah Tech signing a lot of um, you know, East Idaho and uh, across Idaho, you know, players. They're kind of they're kind of they must have a good recruiting because you know, you've seen volleyball players, you've seen um, obviously some runners, so uh, they're they're doing a good job uh, recruiting up here north, up here in the north. <laughs> yes, to the north of where Utah is. And yeah, I remember one of their first big signings uh, in football, this was a couple of years ago now, was Ty Hyde from Preston, mm-hmm. who of course was their quarterback and defensive end and a great basketball player as well, 6'5", just menace. And, um, you know, they were still... D2 at the time and working on their transition up to D1, but he's now a key piece of that defensive line um, at Utah Tech. And so, yes, they've always um, come in and pilfered East Idaho athletes very well from <clears throat> Idaho State. Just looking at you, Bengals. There. <laughs> a, lot of be- a lot of people come into the Bengals' backyard and get uh, some premier talent for sure. Whitney Christensen, the latest there at Utah Tech. Third track story we wanted to hit on. Um, Carter Huntsman of Ryrie has been having a really nice season in the pole vault. And last week he set a new school record by clearing 10 feet. Even always great when a school record falls. Yeah. Just, and you know, and um, Carter Hartman took, he tied for second in pole vault at the tiger Grizz. So um, man. And uh, he's, and he got, he got 14 was a personal record at the tiger Grizz. So he's doing, He's doing some work. He was up against, and we've talked about him before. He tied with Brody Beck of Aberdeen. We all know he can jump on and off the field. And um, the winner of that pole vault was uh, Gunnar Kimball from Wood River. But yeah, Carter Hutzman has been doing a phenomenal job this year. Yeah, you're right. And I misspoke. 14 feet was the new school record, not not 10. He clearly. Okay. 
he clearly went way above that. Yeah, 14 feet uh, for Carter Huntsman there of Ryrie. He has been the top pole vaulter in 2A for a couple of weeks. Uh, friendly reminder, we're recording this podcast on Wednesday night, April uh, May 3rd. I almost said April. Uh, so you'll probably be listening to this on Thursday the 4th. Um, Thursday, we will publish our latest tracking the field, state track and field projections. Uh, every Thursday morning, I get up and I look at the leaderboards and I score how the state track meet would go based upon the leaderboards. 5A all the way to 1A, boys and girls. Um, it has been really popular. A uh, lot of page views, a lot of eyeballs uh, checking that every week. And so we'll bring it to you. It's usually in the afternoon because it takes me a while to compile everything. Um, but uh, be on the lookout for that on the homepage at idahosports.com. And, and we, I mean, it seems like we're always bringing it up, but also, you know, R Ruby Jordan of Highland mm. um, won the shot put again. Um, no surprise there. And uh, yeah, she's going to be a menace up there at state and just mm -hmm. that top with that top competition. She won the disc as well. Um, so she won both those throwing events up Tiger Grizz. And she's just, I don't know, she's lost this year. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Maybe she lost. I think. I think she lost at the direct com invite in the discus to the Bora girl, Maddie Romberg. But it wasn't by much. Um, and those two are going to be the two main, you know, duking it out in the shot and the disc at the five A state meet for sure. Um, so again, tracking the field, our state track and field projections on the homepage at Idaho Sports. We update that every Thursday. Also on the homepage at IdahoSports.com, Sean, are our district brackets for baseball and softball we have every district tournament bracket some tournaments started already on monday this week some won't start until like monday of next week and some don't even start until like next tuesday or wednesday even it's it's a wide range of possibilities and you and i were kind of talking about this off air and i said boy you know why do they feel the need to go so early and then there's this big long period between districts and state for example you know the Mountain Rivers Conference, Sugar Salem, Teton, South Fremont. It's a three-team district. Uh, their champions are going to be decided by by Friday, pretty much. Um, and then that gives them a lot of time off. But like you, you pointed out, and I, I wouldn't have even thought about this because I'm not a teacher and you are, um, there's there's academic reasons they want to front load the district schedule. Well, yeah, I don't. this has been a huge complaint of mine for years is – is there's AP testing and it's nationally and it's the same, it's the same time every year. So it started Monday and it will go next week too. So those two weeks in May are always AP testing. And um, that kind of interferes with some of um, the tournaments or doesn't interfere depending on when you, when you do it. Uh, it's just kind of, um, <laughs> you know, for tennis, we, you know, we're, 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 we try to get it done during the week. And I, I think most, of the districts do that but if you want to do it during the week you're going to be you're going to run into those um ap testing and it, it 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 just depends sometimes you have a lot of people sometimes you don't um and of course we don't we're not gonna we're gonna we're not gonna take away from someone trying to you know get some academic excellence you know so they have to go around those schedules and things but just i mean you know i've had players you know it took a three hour you know lit com ap test and then come and try to play tennis mm -hmm. and I mean, uh, you know, it's hard. It's it's a hard thing. And so I've always wondered why we haven't pushed it back because we'll be done with districts on the 10th and then we don't go to Boise and play until the 19th. And, you know, and there's 
it's like a dead week, right? Like the 15th through the 19th of May, that week before state competition is dead week, or even stagger the events too. You know, having all the events happen on the same weekend has caused a lot of issues too. Um, so I don't know. I don't have the answers to that. It's just kind of always um, been kind of a difficult thing because there's a lot of athletes that do multiple sports in the spring, you know, um, you know, run track or baseball or softball or tennis and track. And those competitions usually happen at the same time. So then it becomes kind of a uh, you got to pick your battles, uh, so to speak. But yeah, AP testing interferes with uh, the district tournaments and the district and the state knows these dates are there because they've had these same dates for I don't know however long they've been doing the AP testing. And right. um, they kind of say, you know, work it out. <laughs> I mean, oh, well, yeah. Oh, well. And it's like, <laughs> and, you know, and school comes first. And that that's the kind of program I run is, you know, obviously school comes first. And that's the most important thing. And you're kind of set. You're kind of saying, oh, well, but only when it doesn't interfere with what we want to do. <laughs> Yeah, you uh, you said uh, AP tests get in the way of district tournaments. I would I would say district tournaments get in the way of the AP tests. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's that's what you meant to say. Um, so yeah, it is. It's kind of an interesting exercise, and I would have never have even thought about that. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Hey, real quick too, tennis last week, the Capital Classic. Uh, you went over and competed with with your Century team. We had Hillcrest over there. Uh, skyline went thunder ridge uh, thunder ridge idaho falls did bonneville go over there too bonneville went over there yep yeah. bonneville then yeah. there ended up being 32 teams at this bad boy and no surprise boise boise high won the boys and girls titles but um, i might have said that i might have said that <laughs> yes uh but what, what did you think of how east idaho did going over there and competing you know i think east idaho did phenomenal it's hard to go up there against some of those powerhouse teams and you know you look at the total the total scores of when you combine boys and girls together because that's kind of how that tournament's always been um you know madison took fifth overall so you know madison madison took fifth thunder ridge took second two really really strong teams um madison is always very strong um, but you know, they're still like a hundred points away from Boise. <laughs> um, so some good players. You had Brickley Olson of Hillcrest made it a couple rounds in the championship bracket. Um, you had an Idaho Falls doubles team, girls doubles team that did very well. Uh, you just you had a lot of just you have we were we were East Idaho is very competitive. What we lack is like the depth, you know, we're gonna have one or two people who are good. You know, pretty much all the Lord, like third boy singles is always pretty much won by a Boise, right? Like they have some kid who's just so much far and away better than what we can provide there. But, you know, everyone, everyone did really well. I was, I was impressed. I, I think Madison, you know, came away with a, a fifth place. And if they can, you know, take that into their district and, and, uh, you know, get a lot of people to the state, they're going to be really competitive. Their boys doubles was very good. Um, you know, the, the one kind of thing at Highland high school wasn't there and, and they've got a, a few boys on their team that are pretty phenomenal. So that will play, um, an important role in that district tournament too, but it was great. The weather was great. Everyone was happy, you know, Saturday I was at, um, well, I wasn't there the whole time, but basically I was at Bora high school from, you know, like nine in the morning till 8 PM because my second boy, my second boy singles made it to the constellation final 
and the kid and then his last match he played four matches saturday and his last match was three hours long oh. um, he ended up losing ethan myler in a tie break but that kid earned my respect and so and he played a kid from bonneville um and uh both those kids just battled for hours all day and they both earned my respect and big time for that so yeah it's just it's a it's a thing of attrition if you can win four full matches when it's you know it's 80 degrees outside add 20 degrees for being on court and uh it's hard and and we're not used to it (laughs) east idaho is not used to it but yeah it was great it was it's you know it's a premier it's the best tennis event um in probably the northwest i can think of and they do a good job running it and uh i was glad to get back up there and um see everyone and uh you know i I guess i just had to get the takeaway that just like the vibe of of sports is overwhelming like coming back better like people are like yeah we want to go watch sports and be part of it and um i really like that and just it's a good atmosphere in this in boise for the most part and i got to go to trader joe's so yeah, no, no trip to Boise for Sean is complete without a trip to to Trader Joe's. So, like, and and like you said, uh, you'll you'll get three things at Trader Joe's, and two will be really good, and one's going to be garbage. But you have to you have to figure it out. There's a lot of trial and error. Yeah, I got like these cookie sandwich things that taste like a dry biscuit. I don't know. They, the packaging was very intriguing, and I just it's like three dollars, you know, and it wasn't great, but that the staples were good. But they do good. They do good job packaging. And then they have these like mini chocolate chip cookies that I got for my kids, and I've almost eaten them all myself. So hopefully they don't watch this. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta find a pen here. Uh, the packaging was intriguing. That's our <laughs> podcast title. That's that's a good one. Um, okay, one more feel good story, and then we'll dive into these district baseball and softball brackets. I got an email yeah. about a Blackfoot softball player. That's a pretty cool story uh, that I wanted to share. Um, so there, there's a, a girl that plays for Blackfoot named Gigi Wheeland. Um, she had basically, she, her playing time is, uh, somewhat sporadic. It sounds like she, she's a key, uh, like pinch hitter off the bench is kind of the vibe I got. But, um, earlier this week against Shelly Tuesday night, Blackfoot is playing Shelly in a big regular season conference battle, bottom of the seventh, which is the last inning. They're down two. The bases are loaded with two out. And Wheeland is called upon to pinch hit off the bench. And so she works the count full. It's a three-two count. And then she begins fouling off pitches, fouling off one after another after another. This turns into like a, a seven, eight, nine pitch at bat. And finally, Wheeland gets one that she likes, sends it over the left field fence. For a walk-off grand slam. Grand slam. Okay. Wow. Yes. Uh, and so Blackfoot gets the walk-off win. Um, thanks to Gigi Wheeland coming in to pinch hit. Now she had not played in a game for Blackfoot since the previous Friday against Century. And what did she do in that non-conference game in her previous at bat? Hit a home run out to left field. So she's turning into a very lethal power bat off the bench here for Blackfoot. What a great tool to have in the bag to pull out in those times and I mean, the you know, that's some swag, right? Some confidence. Like, let's go, you know, we're down. Let's just get, let's put her in. Let's pinch hit her, you know, home run. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Pretty epic story. You don't get a walk-off grand slam all the time. And so Gigi Whelan in the Blackfoot 
Bronco girls uh, continuing to have a, a pretty good regular season. Um, they are 13 and seven overall, seven and three in the high country conference. And we will get to that bracket in just a moment, but let's start with softball uh, district bracket, Sean. And uh, what we'll do is I'm going to share my screen. So those of you that are watching the video version of this on the Idaho sports.com YouTube channel, you'll be able to see the brackets up on your screen. I would recommend you make your screen full size so it's a little easier to read. If you are listening audio uh, to the audio version of this podcast, it's all good. We've got all the district brackets on the homepage, idahosports.com. You can't, excuse me, you can't follow along there. We, we had a house showing tonight, and so we, my wife and I snuck out and got ice cream. And so it's, Uh-oh. yeah, anyways, I did. I got a blizzard in Boise because we don't have Dairy Queen here. So that was. We don't. Yeah, we, yeah, no, uh, no, no DQ here in Pocatello. So, and I didn't get a chance to cleanse the palate. Uh, before we hopped on. So anyways, I'm sure that's going to be really enjoyable for people to listen to. Um, all right. Anyways, here we go. Uh, this is the 5A High Country Conference softball bracket. You can see nothing has been seeded yet because there was still regular season competition happening tonight as we are recording this. Um, Thunder Ridge is leading at nine and three in the conference. Rigby is seven and four. Highland is seven and five. Madison is 0 and 11. And so everybody gets um, 12 conference games, I'm pretty sure. So I think Thunder Ridge with a win tonight wrapped up the number one seed. But between Thunder, Rigby, and Highland, that's three really good teams that will be competing for one and a half spots to state. Yeah, I mean, uh, Highland was playing today. I didn't quite see who they were playing today, so I don't know if it was a conference or not. Yeah, they 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 played Thunder Ridge in a doubleheader and they split. They lost okay. two to one, and they they then won the second game six to two. So that was a big split for Highland. Yeah, I mean, it's just gonna you know Highland, Rigby, and Thunder Ridge have it's it's just been a battle all year. And man, I. I get I I kind of lean towards Thunder Ridge because I feel like their pitching's been really strong all year, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the seeds don't matter a whole lot when it's all said and done with this bracket. Yeah, and it gets started next Tuesday, May 9th. Uh the, the high seed will host everything. So Thunder Ridge is gonna host a game and and either Highland or Rigby will host uh the other. Basically, Highland and Rigby are gonna play each other right away. So uh, we will keep an eye on that. Let's go to the 4A High Country Conference. We just alluded to it. Blackfoot, I mean, these standings could not be tighter when you look at the, the High Country Conference standings. Hillcrest is still leading at 8-2 and two in the conference, but Blackfoot and Idaho Falls are tied for second at 7-3. and three. They're just a game back of the Knights. Shelley is 4-6, and six, and then Bonneville and Skyline are each two and eight so the question is can anybody catch hillcrest what do the knights have left uh they they have nothing they finished up their regular season tonight with an 11 to 4 win over skyline and so that gives them the regular season conference title now the question is how does second place get figured out between blackfoot and idaho falls um during the regular season idaho falls won by scores of 11 to 10 and four to three. So I guess that settles it. Idaho Falls would be your two seed. Blackfoot would be the three. And this is important because the top two seeds get first round buys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, you, you kind of felt this all season long that there was no like clear front runner and any of those teams could really kind of make a difference. And I, you know, I feel like early in the year, it was, there's a kind of a lot of talk about Idaho Falls and 
Hillcrest is kind of, you know, kind of snuck in at the top and hasn't got as much recognition as they might have needed it, I think. But I think it's going to be close. And I don't think Shelley's bad either. I think their record is a little lower. But when you play these games, man, I, I feel like when you get into a bracket sort of play with softball, your pitching just becomes so important. <laughs> Yeah, and these these teams all kind of went in a circle where Blackfoot beat Hillcrest twice this year, and Hillcrest beat Idaho Falls twice, but Idaho Falls beat Blackfoot twice. So they all <laughs> they all beat each other, which is interesting. And and the overall records are striking strikingly similar as well. Hillcrest is thirteen and six, Blackfoot is thirteen and seven, Idaho Falls is thirteen and seven. So either way, those three. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe Shelly can, you know, get on a dark horse run here, but those three really are going to be fighting for two spots to state. Uh, this is going to be a fantastic battle to watch unfold. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I don't, I think you wrapped it up pretty, pretty perfectly. You got three close teams. It's going to be again with this tournament, it's like the seeds, you might throw the seeds out the door when it comes down to the last few, few, uh, games. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Uh, the other uh, district in Class 4A is District 5, where Pocatello is the only undefeated team remaining in 4A softball and one of the few uh, unbeaten teams in the entire state for softball uh, as well. Um, so Pocatello gets the, the, the one seed in the bye. Um, Century got the two seed. They will host uh, Preston, the three seed, uh, at OK Ward Park. On Tuesday, May 9th, and you might be wondering, well, why is it there? Because the winner of that game will then have to turn around and immediately play Pocatello, the number one seed. And that's where the Pokey Thunder play their games at is OK Ward Park. So uh, this is all next Tuesday, Preston uh, against Century. And then the winner will play Pocatello right away afterwards. But this is, you know, one spot to stay. I would be very surprised if it was not Pocatello here. No, yeah. And I and I don't know if we mentioned it last week. Pocatello beat Highland for the first time in 10 years. So yeah. Pocatello is on a tear. Um Mia Lusk pitching. I, you know, I it would be hard to bet against that team right now. Yeah, McKinley Hill, senior catcher, made our uh, heavy hitters list this week. Uh, every week we do the top nine hitters in softball. Uh, single game performances from the previous week. You can find that every Monday on IdahoSports.com, our heavy hitters. And McKinley Hill was one of them this week uh, for the Thunder. Let's go to the 3A ranks to a tournament that already started. The Mountain Rivers Conference. This is District 6 in Class 3A. And this is where um, the best of three series come in. This is a three-team district. And so South Fremont won the regular season conference title. They got the bye. And then it was the two-seed Sugar Salem hosting the three-seed Teton. They played two games Monday. And then the, if necessary, game three would be Tuesday. Well, wouldn't you know what? They split. Sugar won the first game 14 to 3. Teton came back and won the second game later Monday, 19 to 7, setting up the winner take all game in Teton, uh, in, in Driggs, uh, Tuesday night. And Teton won that one 13 to 5. So the three seed Teton now will play top seeded South Fremont in a best of three series that starts on Friday. And um, we were talking about this earlier. I, I really like the the series aspect that some of the tournaments do. I think that's really fun. And um, yeah, I, I do like South Fremont, but, you know, Teton all year and every sport has just been dangerous. Like that's not the team you want to have to go to that necessary third game against, right? Sugar didn't want to. And it's that's, that's kind of how I see it. I, I feel like South Fremont's the best team here, but 
man, if it goes to game three, I, it's you don't want to be playing Teton. <laughs> no, they're 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 a dangerous team. They're always lurking. It seems like, uh, for sure. It's also a three team district in the Southeast Idaho Conference District Five. They do things a little differently, where they'll do more of the traditional double elimination bracket. Here's what we can tell you: Marsh Valley is the one seed. Who's two? Who's three? I don't know. It doesn't really matter because all the games are at Marsh Valley anyways. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that Pocatello Preston Century where Snake River and American Falls will play each other on on Saturday. Um, and then the winner of that will have to play Marsh Valley immediately afterwards. Um, basically, these two teams, Snake River and American Falls, ended up tied in the conference this year. They both went one in three. They both beat each other, and then they both lost to Marsh Valley twice. And then I, I looked. I actually looked at this conference's bylaws and how these tiebreakers would get settled. And they get, the, the tiebreaker then is common opponents, and it has to be the, basically the same number of games against this common opponent. The only common opponent they had was South Fremont, believe it or not. Now, they had a lot of same teams on the schedule, but because the weather wiped out so many games oh. this year, um, South Fremont was like one of the only teams that they both played. They, they all, they lost the snake river lost twice to South Fremont. Uh, American falls lost once, I think. And so that is kind of a wash. And then after that, it comes down to the old coin flip. Oh boy. <laughs> so the balls. <laughs> really, re really what this is going to decide is who gets to be the home team in this first game and who gets to bat second, essentially. Um, but, but either way, uh, Marsh Valley to me is the team to beat in this district as well. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, kind of interesting coming down to the, they don't have a Kansas city playoff in softball, huh? <laughs> right. But maybe a, like a home run derby. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, who could jack the most out and, uh, or something, but yeah, I think definitely got Marsh Valley is kind of the team to beat here. And, um, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I, I just thought it was interesting as I was looking at the bylaws of how this would be decided. That's why we haven't put them in yet. Uh, really what's going to happen is I think I'm just going to peek on Saturday and see who the home team is. And, oh, that team must have won the coin toss. <laughs> so anyways, uh, let's go to the two a ranks. Um, this is the nuclear conference. This district tournament starts on Friday, West Jefferson and North Fremont, your top two seeds, uh, West J one North Fremont two. They get first round buys. Um, all of these games are at West Jefferson high school as well. Um, so it's going to be one site for everything. So this, this starts early, Sean, Friday at 11 a.m. First pitch, Sam and the four seed will play Chalice, Mackie, and Butte County, their team MVP, uh, Miners, Vikings, Pirates. Um, and then Firth, the three seed, will play Ryrie, the six seed. To me, West J, I think you can pretty much, and I've accidentally put them one spot too far. Actually. Oh, wow. They already <laughs> won. <laughs> Yeah, they shouldn't. They shouldn't be there yet. Um, well, we know who you like. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, here comes my West J bias. Um, I, I do like West J. To get back to state, though, there are um, one and a half bids to state here. So the district champion gets to go. Second place will have to play second place from District Five. But I think whoever that is, whether that's North Fremont, whether that's Firth, I do kind of like the Nuclear Conference team a little bit more um, over District Five but we'll see. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, uh, and just as a side note, I love early starts. Um, I wish um, we'd kind of get more into the early start. I mean, you end up missing about the same amount of school, but I mean, like, you know, that game, uh, the, the, the whoever West Jefferson plays starts at three. Those kids are going to be done and home 
at a reasonable time instead of like nine o'clock at night. But that's just a side note. I, I just wish we'd go to earlier start times with weather and different things for most most sports. But that's that's just me. Yeah, so the schedule on Friday is 11 a.m., 1 p.m., 3 p.m., and then the last game is 5 p.m., North Fremont against whoever wins between Firth and Ryrie. Ryrie did have to, for, uh, did have to forfeit a couple of games recently, so uh, I'm hoping the Bulldogs can can get it get it together and, and, and compete here at Districts, but we'll keep an eye on that. And then 2A District 5, the Southeast Idaho Conference. Um, this is a four-team affair. Again, we can't officially seed anything yet because there were still conference games taking place tonight and even – into the end of the week. Uh, Malad is 5-0 and in the district. I think at this point now, I don't know that anyone can catch them. Um, but then you've got Bear Lake at 2-2. Two and two. West Side is 2-3. and three. Soda Springs 0-4. So really, it's going to come down to Bear Lake, West Side, who gets to be that, that two seed. Um, and, and in the past, West Side has kind of been the second team along with Malad. Of course, Malad, kind of a softball powerhouse oh, yeah. recently. Um, but I don't know. Bear Lake um, has has been playing well this year, and if you look at how the Bears have done specifically against West Side, they beat West Side earlier this year, ten to three, and then they will play the Pirates on Friday in the regular season finale. That will probably determine the two and the three seed. Yeah, the you know both teams battle, and yeah, I I like Malad. I, I've kind of been big, big on Malad. They just didn't have the games to start the year. You know, they just kind of. I think they've been quietly in the back of people's minds because they didn't get to play a ton of games to start with. But I think they're they're you know not only get a good chance to win this district, but you know compete well at the state level too. Yeah, we will. Uh, yes, uh, it's been a very slow start for Malad this year, but that is certainly not their fault. Um, and we we talked about Pocatello being one of the few unbeaten teams left in the state for softball. Uh, Malad is the other. They're fifteen and zero still haven't lost yet uh at this point and i think that might be it in terms of undefeated softball teams let me i don't want to overstep here but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the case i think it's pocatello and malad and that's it and that's kind of cool for for east idaho and for district five yeah specifically it's kind of a cool deal so we'll see if they can bring it home uh okay let's shift baseball now and again we'll start at the 5a level high country conference first round games were actually earlier this evening sean highland the one seed uh defeated madison the four seed eight to five um and then thunder ridge the two seed defeated rigby the three seed 11 to three so it was all chalk highland now will host thunder ridge friday at hell ha- excuse me at hallowell park uh rigby will host madison as well uh th- this one's kind of tricky i think any of the top three um, are all capable. I think Highland has kind of been the the gold standard for baseball in this district for a long time, and they they went nine and three in the league this year, fifteen and nine overall. But Thunder was right behind them at, at eight and four in conference. Yeah, I, both teams are pretty good. And then also, I you know I wouldn't count Rigby out. Um, I could see them coming back and and uh, coming back through the loser side of this too. But yeah, Highlands had a good year and. Um, yeah, I like I like Highland's chances maybe to finish this out, but again, pretty close. And uh, you know, you can even see Highland Madison eight five. Um, it always makes me wonder in these districts when it's a bracket. You know, who did they have pitch in this first game? Right. In hoping to get to get through, and maybe Thunder Ridge burned their ace in the hole. You know, to get past Rigby. I, you know, it's it's always kind of interesting to see what happens in those those kind of mid games of the brackets. 
Yeah, because there's no rest, right? They played today. They will play tomorrow. They, they played That's Wednesday, it. May 3rd. They'll play Thursday, May 4th. So there's not any rest here for, for any of these teams. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, 4A District 6, the High Country Conference. Here's here's one, Sean, that's all series, um, which is kind of cool. Two teams get to go to state from this district. Uh, we already had an upset. Uh, this yeah, happened was... uh, ye- yesterday. So how about this? Uh, Bonneville was the one seed. Blackfoot was the two seed. They both got buys into the sem- semifinals. Uh, Idaho Falls and Skyline. Skyline was the three seed. Idaho Falls was the four seed. They both played their home games at Melaleuca Field, home of the Idaho Falls Chuckers uh, minor league baseball team. And it's a beautiful stadium, and it's really cool that they get to play there. So we had a quadruple header at Melaleuca Field yesterday. Idaho Falls was up first. They played Hillcrest at 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. And then Skyline played Shelly in their best of three series at 4.30 and 6.30 p.m. Skyline had no problems. They won nine to three, 21 to 11, but Hillcrest, the five seed goes in and upsets Idaho falls, the four seed by two pretty lopsided scores. I mean, 10 to seven is close in the first game, but 22 to 10 in the second game. And it's Hillcrest, the five seed moving on. Yeah. I was looking at this earlier and I was kind of surprised because, you know, prior to doing this podcast, I was kind of thinking in the back of my head that Idaho falls is going to be a dark horse. And then when I pulled this up, they lost. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> you know, and they're, and they're, they're a powerhouse. Idle Falls has done a really good job. And so, you know, good job uh, to Hillcrest to kind of come up with that upset. Um, Cause I, I kind of felt Idle Falls would find a way to, to kind of get in there, but you know, Bonneville is always really strong and Blackfoot has been really strong too. So um, I love that they do the series again. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, everybody plays three times in the regular season, and Idaho Falls took two of three from Hillcrest in the regular season. So this is why, you know, we were kind of taken aback uh, for a moment. So now you got Bonneville, the one seed, playing Hillcrest, the five seed, in a best of five series that'll start on Friday, um, hosted at Bonneville. And then you've got Skyline and Blackfoot. And this is an interesting one, Sean, because you will remember Last year, Skyline and Blackfoot played in this same exact round, the semifinal round, and Skyline actually won the series, but then it was determined they had used a player that was over his pitch count, right? He, he, uh, Skyline had, had unknowingly violated the pitch count rules. Blackfoot had reported it. And so then, um, Blackfoot was awarded the, the, the series victory, and so it was Blackfoot that got to advance to the championship series. So there, there's a lot of intrigue around this rematch between Skyline and Blackfoot. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. I remember last year, and you just, um, I'm sure you probably won't have anything as interesting this year. But again, you know, the the cool thing is if who you know the two teams that get out of the semifinals both make it to state, no matter what what happens in that championship game. So. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a really, I, I think, a, you know, you're going to see the battle here in the, in the semifinals. Yeah, that's, that's going to be the battle to watch skyline and Blackfoot there. And that starts Friday as well at Blackfoot. Um, okay. For a district five, uh, Pocatello gets the one seed, uh, Preston gets the two century gets the three. And this one's a little different. It's not like softball where you're going to have to turn around and play the winner again right away. Century will travel to Preston on Friday at four o'clock. Um, and the winner of that will then play Pocatello on Saturday at Hallowell Park in Pocatello. Um, I like the thunder here. It's just Preston and Century are both very young, both working in a lot of new players. 
Yeah, I I like the Thunder. They've got the pitching. They've got the bats. Um, you know, as as far as four A teams go, I think is in the state the Thunder are like one of the most complete teams when you just kind of look at that roster. And I, I think they're going to be able to get out of the district pretty well. And I'm excited to see what they can do at the state tournament. Yeah, that's going to be really exciting to, to see Pocatello compete there uh, for sure. Um, okay, 3A, District 6, Mountain Rivers Conference. They do series in here as well instead of a double elimination bracket. And and then uh, Sugar Salem uh, got the number one seed in the first round by South Fremont was two. Teton was three. And so South Fremont played Teton in a best of three game series on Monday and Teton came out and won the first game eight to five. And that kind of jolted South Fremont awake. The Cougars with their season on the line, won the second game Monday, 10 to nothing. And then the winner take all game three Tuesday night in Driggs, South Fremont went on the road and won that as well. Nine to three. So it's uh, the two rivals, South Fremont, Sugar Salem, best of three series that starts on Friday. Uh, and there is, one and a half bids to state from this district. The winner of uh, this district tournament advances to state. Second place will have to win two play-in games to get to state. They'll have to play second place from district five. If they win that, then they will play third place from district three as well. So tough path for the second place. Yeah. I just, it blows my mind that those are even in there. They had those in basketball and um, yeah. Could you imagine if a Boise team had to play (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) two extra games? I'm just throwing it out there, but yeah, I like, I like sugar Salem. They've been a great team all year. I think they've got, you know, a lot of, you know, kind of veteran and, but they've also got a lot of kind of young, I think they've got a good mix and I kind of like them coming out of this district. Yeah. Sugar swept uh, South Fremont in the regular season, 10 to 5, 14 to 4, 7 to 1. Diggers ha- have a very good team and still a very young team as well. They're leaning on a lot of sophomores and juniors um, on that Sugar Salem team. So we'll see if Coach Brady Gardner and the Diggers can get it done. District 5, uh, Marsh Valley is the one seed. American Falls is the two seed. Snake River is the three seed. And this one is like softball, Sean, where Snake River and American Falls will play on Saturday in Marsh Valley. Winner of that will take on the Eagles right away. Yeah. And um, of course, I'm I've been kind of big on Marsh Valley year. I think they're they're one of the teams just to beat, period. And I think they'll um, get out of it. And, you know, it brings up a good point because sometimes they do that in volleyball, too, where the one seed gets a bye but then they have to play right after. And it's kind of a mixed bag, right? Some coaches like having the buy. Some are like, no, we want to play and be ready to go because we've had volleyball tournaments where the one seed didn't get the buy and like the other seed did. So the one seed got to play first. And so it's kind of interesting just to kind of see where that goes. And just all the baseball and softball brackets are so different. Like most sports, it's pretty similar. You get pretty much the same, the same bracket, but these are all different. So, um, it'd be kind of interesting just to kind of poll and see what, what people think that they want to play the game right after, or, you know, it'd be, I'd be kind of interested for me to see, cause we kind of have something in tennis right now where there's no third set. We're playing a tiebreaker instead of a third set and they did coaches polls and, you know, it was kind of one of those things. Most people are kind of okay with it, but not really. <laughs> right. So yeah, it'd be kind of interesting to see. Yeah, I think in baseball, there's an advantage to having the buy, right? It's one less pitcher you have to use. Yeah. In, in softball, where 
Most teams just have one pitcher and she can throw 400 million innings and it doesn't seem to matter. Um, I think there is an argument to be made that playing right away gives your team a little momentum, um, which could help you then spring the upset over the team that had the bye. So two different styles in baseball and softball, I think. But in baseball, I think most coaches would tell you the less pitchers I have to throw, the better. (laughs) So Yeah, that's true. I agree with you there. Yeah, so Marsh Valley, of course, the defending 3A state champions, and we, we like them to advance from District 5 here. Um, okay, 2A, and then we'll we'll close it out. Uh, nuclear Conference, here we go. Only four teams um, compete here. West J didn't have enough uh, guys for a team this year, and uh, Ryrie doesn't have baseball um, either. And so Firth is the one seed, North Fremont the two. The Chalice Mackey River Cats are the three seed. Salmon is the four seed. I should mention as well, back to the 3A real quick, Snake River did get to state last year. They joined Marsh Valley um, as the second representative from District 5. It'll be tough for the Panthers to get back this year um, for all the reasons we said about the multiple play-in games and things like that. But Snake River did get to state last year. Last year it was Firth and Chalice Mackey representing the Nuclear Conference at state. Uh, Firth got all the way to the championship game, the, the 2A state championship game. I really like Firth this year. North Fremont and Chalice Mackey, I think you could flip a coin. But again, the winner gets to go to state automatically. Second place will have to play second place from District 5 in a state play-in game to get to state. Yeah, I like Firth as well. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, I like Chalice Mackey maybe to come out as the second team when it's all said and done. I'm, I'm going to throw that out there. Okay. <laughs> um, they played North Fremont twice this year. Um, and two very close games. The Huskies won both by a, by a run each time, 10 to nine and four to three. And that's why I said, you know, pretty much flip a coin with those two, I think. So, so they're going to play a couple times in this bracket anyways, <laughs> then is what you're saying. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, uh, that all gets started on Friday at salmon salmon is hosting, uh, for a long time. Salmon had, one of the only playable fields in East Idaho when all that snow had dumped down and stuff. And so everybody was calling up salmon like, Hey, can we come up and play And salmon? was like, sure. And so like baseball and softball salmon was hosting like three or four games a day um, for, for the nuclear conference because none of the other fields were playable. So it was kind of funny. So salmon is hosting the uh, district tournament there. And finally to a district five can't really seed anything yet because there's still regular season action taking place all the way up until Friday. Um, it's only a three-team district. Westside does not have baseball. Uh, any players that want to play at Westside go to Preston, and they just play on the Preston team. Um, but in the 2A ranks, Malad is 4-0 in the conference. Bear Lake is 1-2. Soda Springs is 0-3. So you can kind of see how it might go, but we got to wait officially for these conference games to all wrap up. Um, basically Bear Lake will play Soda Springs on Friday and that is going to determine second and third place. So I guess Malad has wrapped up the number one overall seed by going four. No, they beat Bear Lake tonight, 11 to one in their conference finale. Yep. So Malad won then is that what you're saying? Yeah. Malad. Yeah. And I think I liked Malad at the start of the season there. So I I would look to see Malad kind of take this district. Um, when it's all said and done. Yeah. And again, second place from this district, whether that's Bear Lake or Soda Springs, will play second place from the nuclear conference. I, I like whether that's North Fremont or Chalice Mackey. I like I like the district six team 
to get that second spot to state. So, yeah, agreed. Yeah, that's what's going on with the district bracket action, Sean. It is uh, it is time. It's time for the postseason. I'm pretty excited. Um, yeah, I'm. I don't know if I'm excited yet, but <laughs> <laughs> you'll be excited uh, when tennis districts. Uh, yeah. Well, that's next week. So, but yeah, we're we're just finishing up the season and. Um, it's just, it's spring sports is like, it's, it's like the hundred meter race. Like it's just exciting at the end for whatever you're doing. There's kind of like a lot of stuff, but at the end it's super exciting. And that's what we're almost at here is the end. So I'm ready. I'm ready to cross that finish line. (laughs) Yeah. Mad, mad dash to the finish line. No doubt about it. And so we will be back again next week to update you on all the district tournament brackets. It'll go a little quicker because we'll have actual results to talk about and not, hypothetically this could happen or this could happen and so the brackets go a little quicker next week we'll be have some actual results to talk about and of course we'll keep bringing you the biggest spring sports stories of the season right here on the east idaho prep cast thanks for tuning in everybody for sean kane i'm brandon bainey and we'll see you next time on idahosports.com